Hey, this is Dennis, anyone, with Dennis Hensley, the podcast where dot, dot, dot. So, see, I'm trying to come up with a catchy tagline for my podcast that explains what it's about, which I think is about creative professionals, creative people talking about how they do their thing and how they live creative lives. So it'd be like, Dennis, anyone, uh, creative lives laid bare or something like that. So if you have a good idea for my catchy tagline that encapsulates what this is, I would love to have it because I think it could help me with my branding because let's face it, it's all about branding. Um, Speaking of which, there's lots of fun things you can do on my website, dennisanyone.net. You can take my audience poll. I'm inching closer to how many I need for my um, to possibly get sponsors, and my goal is to get it uh, by Christmas. So if you haven't taken it already, give me an early Christmas present. Go to dennisanyone.net and take my audience poll. It really helps a lot. Another thing you can do is like Dennis Anyone on Facebook, spread the word to your friends, and uh, write me a nice review on iTunes. All of these things really help me to build it because... Um, if you build it, they will come. But people say that. I don't know. I think that might not be as true. If you build it and someone tweets about it, then they will come. Maybe that needs to be um, added on to that. Uh, my guest today is Tom Goss. He is a singer, songwriter, and an actor. And he's a new friend. I just met him like a week ago. We've already been hanging out. He played a show here in L.A. the other night. He's really talented, really fun, and I'm happy to have him out here in L.A., and um, you can he- learn all about him at Tom Goss Music, um, and he's really, really cool. So I'm happy about that. Um, I want to give a shout-out to John Sobrak, who generously donated to my tip jar, also on DennisAnyone.net. It helps me to keep this podcast free and uh, cover some of the expenses that come along with it. Um, that's about it for this week. Um, enjoy Tom Goss. After you listen to uh, the podcast, go check out his music at TomGoss.com. There's lots of fun music videos there. He makes really great videos, and um, it was a pleasure to talk to him. I also want to mention that he has a movie coming out on December 9th that I didn't know about when I started the interview. So it's called Out to Kill, and uh, he plays a cute little pop star in it, and he wrote some music for it. So keep an eye out for that. That's Out to Kill on December 9th. That's about it. Enjoy. Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley and this week's special guest, Tom Goss. Hey everybody, I'm here in my kitchen in what we're deciding to call the booth of truth with this week's guest, singer-songwriter and actor, Tom Goss. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Welcome to the kitchen. Welcome to the nook. Thanks for having me. I know. Well, you just moved here recently from D.C. Yeah. So you're kind of new in L.A., but you've been here before, but like... Sure. How long have you been here in this incarnation? Uh, a couple weeks. couple weeks. I'm calling this a very slow transition. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So I was out here a couple weeks in uh, September, and then I right. got back out here October 28th. I'm here till the end of the year, and then I'll be back in mid-January um, to kind of start more permanently transitioning. It's not my house, so it's right. like, it's not real yet. It's know? not real yet. But do you wake up in the morning and go, oh, wow, I'm in L.A.? Um, no. Okay, because I, I do, and I've been here a long time. No, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I tour yeah. all the time, so I wake up in a, every in day. a different di- bed every day, so I'm used to it, you know You're not I mean? used, yeah. Um, so I saw your show uh, at Room 5 on mm-hmm. Saturday night, and I have a song stuck in my head that I can't shake. Okay, what's that? Any guesses? Uh, well, I assume Bears, because I can see your notes. 
Right? <laughs> you're cheating in the nook. Okay, you know what? It's the booth of truth, so you, yeah, you're yeah. honest. You level with me. Okay, yeah, you have this song called Bears. Uh-huh. It's about how you love bears and they're, sure. uh, you, bears get the best of you, uh-huh. and um, it's stuck in my head. It's very catchy. Oh, thank you. Although you had a number of catchy songs, that's the one that I can't shake. So, um, Well, sorry about that. No, it's cool. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And you've got, you made a video of it. You have a gazillion downloads on YouTube. Is that your most popular video that you made? Yeah, that's my most It's got about a million, uh, a million and a half views, essentially. That's amazing. Is that even a number? A million yeah. and a half? Yeah, a million and a half. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. For sure. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Half a million. Half a million. <laughs> but right. a half a million and it's a half. It's the booth of truth. Half a million and a half. <laughs> okay, half a million and a half. And when did, how long ago, when did you make it? Uh, that was uh, 2013, so it was last year's project. It's an ambitious video, because there's you yeah. and a lot of bears, yeah. and one of the bears in it is a guy named Andy Scahill, who's a friend of mine. He's yeah. sort of like... The Tawny Katane of that video. Do you know <laughs> who that is? Or are you too I have young? no idea. She was the chick that used to do cartwheels on the in the White Snake videos on the cars. Like she was oh, the hot yeah, yeah. chick. Totally, totally, yeah. That would like the, the sure. hot love interest, uh, elusive. Yeah, no, and we want and we wanted to turn kind of that stereotype on its head, right? Like it's always like the hot chick on the car or right. something, you know. And we did a lot of those kind of things uh, in that video, but we wanted to do it in a way that was unexpected so right. he's walking down the street but he's a, a a large a large man right and then there's another point where an even larger man is getting you know sprayed with uh, he's doing the wet t-shirt contest and stuff like that and it's just like we wanted to take all these things that, that people use to sexualize women right um, or men you right. know underwear model men sure and kind of flip it on its head and put large um her suit her suit men in there there you go um, wh- how did you get all the guys to be in it? There's a, uh, there's a lot of, there's a, a veritable bear colony. Yeah, I know there is. I mean, yeah. all, most, honestly, they're mostly just my friends. That's cool. So it's, there's a, there's a, DC has a huge bear community. Right. And there's a bear happy hour every Friday that's a thousand to twelve hundred guys. Right. And so I, I teamed up with, uh, promoters of that to kind of put this video and do, throw a party. But also I just put the word out and people were, <clears throat> people were really excited. People were flying in from all over the country because they're like, I want to be in Tom Goss's bear video. That sounds amazing. And it was, uh, it was quite an experience. It was really a fun video to make. How long did it take you? Um, there were three days of shooting on that video. Wow. Yeah. What's the kind of feedback that you get? Fan mail and stuff like that. Oh, everybody loves the video. Yeah. I mean, no, nobody's ever, oh, I mean, I guess some people were like, you know, when it gets on the blogs, when everything gets to kind of a certain level of popularity, you know, if it's on Toll Road or Joe My God or yeah. Huffington Post or whatever, inevitably there's going to be someone that's like, mm, that guy's fat. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, like, yeah. what, like, what are we supposed to do with this? You know <laughs> right. what I mean? So, but, but, you know, everybody, everybody gets it. Everybody thinks, that everybody sees kind of the fun and the joy in it. And yeah. more than anything, the responses I got were, were emails that were like, you know, I've never been into bears at all, but some of those guys in your video are really sexy. And I think, I think because people, you, you don't see bears in, in a sexy way, kind of in mainstream media. Right. But so we took kind of these, you know, these, these ideas of sexy and placed bears in them. And yeah. you realize like, oh, you know, that actually is sexy. Yeah. What, what have I been thinking my whole life? You know right. What I, mean? I need to broaden my horizons a little bit. Yeah. So I think that yeah. was the most interesting thing. And you get to do a slip and slide. You go, mm. you go do a slip and slide. How many takes? On uh, a slip and slide. On my, for my take? Yeah. One take. One take. Nailed it. 
I mean, that's two slip and slides. The thing you don't realize about I slip, love and, slip slides, and slides. Yeah, but you know how small they are? Yeah. You don't realize it because you're a little kid. Right. So we like rolled out the slip and slide. We were like, this will never do. <laughs> For the cinema. <laughs> this will never do. It doesn't, it just, it would be like two of your legs. So we took two slip and slides and like, uh, um, attached them together. Yeah. We had, we, we probably shot slip and slide for 10 minutes. You know, we were yeah. like, who wants to go down? And we just shot a bunch of people going down. It was great. It looked like a lot of fun. So much fun. Yeah. And I bet there's people all over the country where you can, you can crash on their couch now if you need to. You probably have fans all over the place. Sure. Well, that's how, that's, that's kind of always, always true. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. always been the case. Now, um, when you, you talked about looking at the comments and stuff like that, what's your strategy when it comes to like reading comments on things? Cause I, I have a friend that's a musician sure, and recently put something up and got some bitchy comments and it, you know, I, I, you know, I talked to him about it and, mm-hmm. but it was like, what's, you know, I think anyone that puts yeah. anything out there has to have a strategy about comments. I read all the comments. I, yeah. I mean, cause, cause you know, one of the important things is to engage with the audience. Right. So I always read all the comments. If, if they're negative, uh, for negative sake and don't have any kind of constructive criticism to them, then I just delete them. I yeah. don't even respond. I just yeah. delete, you know, so it's funny, but you know, speaking of bears, there was this one guy that left a, 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 a I guess would be a negative comment. There's, there's a part in the video where I'm in a speedo and I'm laying in a kiddie pool and I'm singing to the camera and it's, it's very, very sexy, but it's the bridge. So the words that I'm saying are essentially like what I'm searching for is deeper and I'm looking for something beyond. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. But, but all the time I'm sitting there in a Speedo doing like the most, you know, vapid You're doing surface very thing. Come you hither, do. with a come hither look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You sell it. I'm in. <laughs> so it's funny because some guy essentially said that in a comment, you know, in kind of a bitchy way, but I was like, huh. You're totally right. So, of course, I leave that comment up because that's a valid... That's a valid criticism. That's a valid insight into the yeah. video. But if someone's like, oh, you can't sing and everybody in your video is fat, then I'm just like, well, delete. Yeah. And I so many of them are clearly about the person being a miserable sure. bitch. Um, Velvet Rage, whatever. There was a... <laughs> I did a video called Make Believe, which I get painted and it's really amazing. I know. It's on my list to talk about. I'm not going to show you my notes anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, it's funny because this guy... It was it was one of these moments where um, Amanda Palmer um, had a stop motion video come out like two days before. Right, which is like fuck. Like it right. was like very similar concept. We shot it a month ago. Yeah, you know what it's I mean. Just a coincidence. So this guy kept coming to my page and t- calling me a copycat, and this, and I kept deleting his comments. <laughs> he just kept recommenting like, and you won't respond to my comments. You keep deleting them, and I just kept deleting, <laughs> deleting. How how back and forth did that go? There was no, there, was no, there was, there was no back. Yeah. It was just him bitching. And when did he give up? He finally well, gave he, up. He's well, probably doing it right now. He, he might do well. I would yeah. see it and delete it. He yeah. did it three, probably three or four, three or four times. Yeah. But then he just went to like the blogs and started doing it there where I didn't have control. And I was like, I don't really care. Who has that kind of time? Who, I don't well, know. Well, and, and the great thing about, uh, the great thing about it is it used to upset me. It doesn't upset me anymore. But now... There's so many people that, that see what I do and think it's really cool and know that I'm always being innovative, and they always come to my defense. So when he posted on another blog, they're like, well, what are you talking about? Amanda Palmer's video is not original. Like, first of all, he didn't use stop motion. It's time lapse. Second of all, you know, go back to Sledgehammer. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's just like... Exactly. And, and I'm always like, yeah. Yeah. You know? You've got your... Do you have a name for your fans? No. You need to. Come on. Is that a thing? Gossheads, of course. <laughs> I remember working on Fashion Police, and uh, Jessie J was in a weird dress, and we made jokes about her. Sure. And she had a name for her fans, like Bobbleheads or J-Heads or I don't know what. 
And I remember pitching the, that Joan would go, we need a name for our fans. Yeah. If you vote for A, B, or C, or D, or whatever. And they were all, like, dumb things. Like, yeah. And some, uh, somebody wrote in and said, what about Joan Rangers? So that ended up being, like... <laughs> That's funny. That, but it went all the way, you know, they were wearing Joan Ranger badges at her memorial. So oh, what wow. I'm saying is... Huh. You can, st- you can, I it's like a Goslings. movement. I like Goslings. I think Goslings is amazing. Cute, right? yeah. Yes. What else? What else? I, no, you can't beat Goslings. That's pretty cute. Huh? It's cute. Cause yeah. it's like, they're, well, first of all, Ryan Gosling, anytime I can even think about him peripherally. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. But that's okay. But also it, they sound like young, like uh, little lambs. Have you ever taken the duck tour, like the boat that's a car? No. What is that? So there's this thing called a duck, which is a, a car, but it goes in the water. So it's a car that becomes a boat that becomes a car. Oh, my God. And you take it on tours around cities. Okay, um, so different Probably places have, where there's water. Like New Orleans or somewhere. Like Sure. Well, there's one in D.C. Like okay. places that have rivers. Most cities have them. Yeah. Um, but they give you little, like, quacker. Like, okay. Like, quacker things, so you just walk around. That's part of the shtick of it? Yeah. Okay. I feel like that would be fun, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could sell that shit. Merchandising. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Now, let's talk a little bit about the video, the time-lapse video, make-believe. Sure. You're laying there um, naked with a clock on your privates, mm-hmm. and people paint you. But One you, person paints one you. One person paints you. Uh, how did you find the person that paints you? Scott Brooks is a friend of mine. I've, I've admired his work for years. It's really, he's amazing. Um, beyond words and I've wanted to work with him for a long time and, and, and I finally had this weird idea I was falling asleep I had a really long tour this would have been in 2012 and I was exhausted and I remember driving home you know I've been on the road for probably two months and I remember just saying like tonight I'm gonna go home and go to bed I'm not gonna do anything you know I'm right. just gonna like relax I'm so burnt out this and this and I was falling asleep and I had this idea for this video right and it was just like I couldn't go to sleep you know so excited so I called Scott Brooks and you know things evolve and things get more complicated you know but it it turned into it it turned into this body painting video with you know with time-lapse and puppets and like a whole dreamscape thing happening. It, it was it was ve- it was a lot of planning. It was yeah, because you planning. you got one take, right? So it's a one take video. Yeah. Did and, you shoot it more than once? Or did you, you shot three it? takes? Okay, and pick so the best one. Take. Well, <clears throat> you know the other two takes weren't going to work. <laughs> there were other things that weren't working. Did you get an erection? No, that's no, not what ruined no. it. It's so you know it's such a. <laughs> You people were asking me that, but you have, I had to be so hyper-focused. You know, I had How to long per- did you have to lay perfectly still for that video? So the clock is functional. Okay. The that's clock the thing. That's in the video. Okay. So you can watch the time on the clock, okay. which I don't think people realize. They think they just think it's a clever way to hide my junk. Right. But, but really, it's, it's a way to be like, look, this is how long this video is taking. Yeah. So it's 80-minute take. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So I laid it perfectly still for 80 minutes, staring directly into the camera and mouthing the words really slow. How did you know how to mouth the words? Did you? Was there a track that was playing that had been slowed, yeah, slowed, slowed, slowed exactly. down? So we, so we slowed down a track to an hour. So you're going like, I'm demonstrating, you can't really see it on a podcast, mm-hmm. but you're going like, like moving your mouth really yeah. slow in the uh-huh. words. There's That's a- part of the fun of watching it, is seeing you lip syncing and knowing it's, knowing it's a little... Um, Slow down, you know, knowing yeah. there's something going on. That's You're like, there's the- something wrong, but it looks right. But yeah, he's, yeah. T- he's saying the words. Yeah, so, so um, yeah, actually, you know, th- we put out a little remix EP for that, 
And um, there's an ambient mix on it, which is 30 minutes long. Um, it's a two-minute, 17-second song. So, you know, there's a 30-minute there's a thirty minute version, but we did actually the hour version. And it was the easiest edit yeah. possible. We just sped it all up 3,000%. And boom. Done. It was done. Awesome. Easy in the editing, hard in the, in the pre-production. Yeah. It you, was very stressful. You like little short songs sometimes. You seem to have... I write short songs. I like that. What's your longest song? I mean, I have long songs. I don't but, know. Four, but you have a, four you minutes-ish. Like, but you like short songs. I get bored. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like my songs tend to clock in between 2.15 and 2.45. Yeah. Yeah. I um, like that. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I love... I, I think if, if the song goes over three minutes, a lot of times it's like uninteresting. It becomes uninteresting. It becomes repetitive, you know? Yeah, I'm always like, edit, cut, edit, cut. You don't need that. That doesn't move along the song. I mean, it's very much like... It's storytelling. Yeah. So Less like, is more sometimes. How is this moving along the story? It's yeah. Not, yeah. What I like about your work is that you can do really fun, um, bouncy, fun, a little silly stuff, and then you can turn around and do something very serious like your song Lover, which is about uh, a couple where one guy is in, is in the war yeah. in Afghanistan and one mm-hmm. guy is home. Um, I like that you kind of inhabit both of those roles I, I, cool. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's about doing what's best for the, the song and the project. Right. And, I, and I've never been the kind of person that, you know... There's artists out there that you that you hear a note on the radio and you know exactly who it is. Right. You know, they, they keep writing the same song over and over again. And, and, you know, if it works, great. That's good for them. But for, for me, for me, I get... I, I want. I always want to be doing something different. I always want to be, you know, testing new boundaries and stuff like that. And so for me, all my songs tend to have their own little life to them. Right. And therefore, the story that I'm telling visually tends to be its own little thing too. And because you're an independent artist, there's no label going. Well, what are you? This has got to be more like this. This doesn't fit your brand or whatever yeah. like that. You can do your own thing. Well, and I think that's. I think my brand is is really about being authentic and doing what's right for the project and taking risks and doing different things. You know, and, and I, I'm lucky in that regard. I, th- I do think, I do think some people feel more trapped. Um, where I, whereas I, I feel like my fan base has encouraged me to take more risks. You know, a lot of that has to do with the fact that I do take the risk. You know right. what I mean? They're going to go with it. If it's good, I mean, if the content and the quality is good and you're authentic, your fans will follow you. Yeah. yeah. That's a good little message to learn. It's totally. a good lesson. It's a good lesson. Now, some of your stuff is is political. Like, with the Lover video, there was... Did you use actual soldiers that had been... Yeah, totally. Those soldiers... Uh, kicked out under Don't Ask, Don't Tell? Yeah, those soldiers in the video were, were soldiers that were kicked out. There were five soldiers in the video. Three of them were actually very, very high profile. You know, they they worked a lot with SLDN. Right. Um, and SLDN stands for uh, Service Members Legal Defense Network. Right. right. Um, which is no more. They won. They won. It's kind of one of those nonprofits that like had a mission. Right. Achieved their mission. Move on. Now it's a Starbucks. <laughs> I it's, it's, it's so it's funny. Amazing. I had a, a story that I wanted to write, like a short film about a gay linguist that gets kicked out, but he finds out before he gets kicked out something that could really impact national security. So the guy that's got the answer to the next bomb somewhere, you just kicked him out and he's fucking losing his mind. And you know, like, I don't know. And I'm like, Oh, well I had it on my computer and I saw it the other night. I was like, "Mm, yeah, that's miss that. (laughs) Miss that window. Yeah. It's over. It's It's weird. You, when something, it can be a period piece, I guess so, but it doesn't have the same, or the reason to make that was to underscore the the stupidity of 
of getting rid of people that are very valuable because of their sexual orientation. But it's funny, like, we get, we achieve a victory, and then we sort of forget. It wasn't that long ago. Like, when when you guys, when you made the video, Don't Ask, Don't Tell was still... It was falling. It was falling, but it wasn't I I think it fell, like, ten days after the video released. Right. So it was like... You got in just under the wire. (laughs) My friend, Glenn Gaylord, made a movie called I Do about... um, an immigration couple, inter, inter, um, international couple trying to manage all that stuff. And it came out right before all that stuff changed. Because a year later, it would have been like, you know, yeah, over. So, over. yeah, it 10 is, days before, that's good. It's, it's, it is interesting um, how that works. But yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still an amazing story. And it's still, I still get notes about that all the time. Maybe more so than any, any, any piece that I've ever done. Well, it's very so, poignant because very it's very poignant, yeah. But, and it's well done, and it's kind of violent, and it's intense. We did, like, a whole wound scene, and it was so violent and gross, and it was too much. It was too much? It was kind of awesome, though. Yeah. We had like it was this, like Hurt Locker time? I've never seen that. Oh, well, it's, like, intense <laughs> war stuff. Yeah, it know? was, like, intense, and there was, like, a wound, and it was, like, bubbling, and it was it looked amazing. Where were you shooting? Like, in the boonies in sometime? In D.C. Yeah. Just, I, well, actually, it was in Northern Virginia, just yeah. in some park. What were the servicemen like that you... Amazing. Cool. They were into it. They got it. Super amazing. Yeah. I mean, everybody was... I mean, and they're so inspiring, too, because we're doing this thing, and I've never been in the military. Right. So they have to tell you, no, we would do this. We would carry him exactly. like this. This like, is how we're we do We're telling it. the story, and they're there, and they're telling their story. And, and, you know, what I'm doing is telling their story. I'm not telling my story. So for me to have them on set and to, like, really connect with them in a way which I understood... Um, you know, a little bit more about this story and we're able to more accurate, accurately represent it. I had done a song, I had written a song with Matt Alber. Um, I so love Matt Alber. Matt's amazing. So that yeah. video came out in October. Um, and Matt and I wrote this song in February called um, Who We Are, which was a song about um, service members as well. And through that process, I met a lot of... Like, they saw the song... We sang it on the mall, actually, with the two guys that actually ended up being in my video as well. And so I started getting a lot of notes about it, which helped me connect to the um, to the issue a lot more intimately than I had been otherwise, which I think really helped um, impact Lover. Yeah, the, your performance in it and the, just the way you put it all together. Yeah. That's cool. And that's, I mean, that we did some, I mean, there's like a one minute shot in that. Like, there's some, we did some risky things, like... In a music video, to have a shot that's more than three seconds, you're like, oh, well, there's yeah. like a one-minute shot in it, and you're just like, you're in it, man. You get it. It that's works. Cool. I don't know why. Now, you seem to like making videos. I some love it. Some artists aren't that into it. They're like, oh, I'm not comfortable with it. You love it. I love it. I mean, I'm an artist, right? Right. So, I love creating. Right. I love creating audio. Now, I get to do audio and and yeah. visual. You know what I mean? And, and I get to create this whole world around it. You know what I mean? It's like... Right. And you like to perform as an actor, like an actor and... and I mean, I, 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 yeah, I love performing. I love great. performing. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's fun. When are you going to make your next video? Well, um, I'm, I'm editing a video right now. Right on. So we, we shot a video in August, um, and that should be out in January. I only say January because I'm editing like four videos at the same time right now. So it, it kind of got pushed a little You've bit got back. a lot going on. But I'm hoping to shoot a, a holiday video 
in like two weeks. That's so cool. Is it a is it a cover song or is it a new song? It's a new song. It's a new yeah. song. It's a it's a little bit of a secret. Okay. It's a little bit of a secret. But, I like that. But it's 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 an unexpected holiday song. You know what I wish somebody would do as a holiday song as an unexpected one? You know that song Baby, it's cold outside? Yeah. That's borderline date rape. To me, if you listen to the I lyrics, have to read the lyrics. No, it's got you got to go away, but maybe it's called just one more drink. Yeah, what's oh. in this drink? You could literally see somebody totally, totally. somebody uh-huh. and having their way with them. Yeah, and then the other person's like, they're literally <laughs> no. I mean, I'm not. You're not up to speed. It's fun. No, we're not going to run and make that. It's funny, but I don't yeah. think that's the thing. That that's the thing. Not the thing for me to what make. Yeah, I don't some think things so. Zeb, like date rape is not, definitely not my brand. Definitely not your brand. <laughs> I, mean, I yeah. can push the boundaries in a lot of ways. But, yeah, but date you could do it live on stage. Maybe as a little throwaway, little mm-hmm. throwaway. I'm not. No. Anyway, I'm always like whenever I do something that I'm I'm not particularly like. I'm always like, hey, can you not record this right now? Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. you just know it's going to be on the internet. For sure. Have you had thing- people post things on YouTube and stuff from your shows? And Yeah, I mean, all the time. And I mean, it's, you know... I... Remember, you remember you used to go to concerts and they'd be like, no videoing, no pictures. It's like everyone's just... That they that battle has I'm to- fallen. I'm totally fine with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are really pissed off about the way that people stop paying for music and people. Are, you know, media has changed, and the, and the fact of the matter is, is I could be pissed off about it too. But what the fuck? Yeah, I'm not going to change anything. Right. What 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 we need to do as artists and as creative thinkers is to figure out how to make it work for us and how to be ahead of the curve as it changes. That's what I want to talk to you about being an independent artist. And you do everything. You yeah. tour. You take everything by yourself. You make your videos. You edit them. You do, you have to social yeah, media, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. And like, if people aren't really buying music, do you make your money on the road? Do you merchandising? How does it? I work? make my money on the road. Uh, Concerts, with, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, I make my money playing shows and selling merchandise and stuff like that. That's that's how I make my money, which is which is great. I feel lucky to do it, but you know, it also sucks because when I stop traveling, I stop making money. Right. And you would you'd also like to put out a, uh, some a CD and and sure and have CDs, it just yeah. Uh, CDs aren't cheap, so you have to yeah. be saving a lot of money at the same time. So producing high quality stuff, you know, audio and video is not cheap. No. Yeah. And the the um, how what percentage would you say of people buy your music? Digitally, as opposed to the physical CDs. I don't know. I don't know what the percentage is, but I know that people. I know that people buy my CDs at my shows. Yeah, and that's kind of like even if they have it digitally. Yeah, a lot of times they want to buy it. From yes, you, you want to hold it in your hand. You want to hold it. You want to. Um, you want to have a signature on it. Yeah, like that. And and I mean, I've also, I've also really tried to make my CDs interesting and in, in, in a piece of art in and of itself. Yeah. Because if you're just going to make a jewel case and stick a CD inside it, right. who cares? You know, make it digital. But if you're going to give them something that's that in and of itself is a piece of artwork, yeah. that's going to motivate the person to want to have that as well. Right. And so I think that's very important. I think a lot of artists see the price point, you know, go from a buck a CD to a buck 70 a CD or something like that. And, and they don't want to make that investment, but they don't realize that that, that investment's the thing that's going to sell the physical copy. Right. To really turn it into something people would want. Sure. Because I'm getting to that point where I, for a while, I was like, I love CDs, I love CDs. And then sometimes I look at it and I'm like, 
oh, the clutter. You know, I'm starting to move to that digital place. I'm the same way. And people yeah. are, you know, consuming everything on Spotify, which isn't even iTunes. You know what I mean? I like the Taylor Swift threw down with Spotify. I'm... I, I, I just find it... You make no money off it. I, you make no money off yeah. it. And I like that she sort of threw down because I'm not as well-versed in all of this area as a lot of people, but it seems like the tech companies just ran to the bank on all of this, and, and the artists are sort of like trying to play catch-up, whether it's movies or TV or whatever, and... Sure. You know, I mean... And I, I think... I like that she threw down with them. And, and she and can. She can. I can't. No. Of course no. not. Yeah. Um... But I like that, that she brought that issue out, and people are going, oh, wow, Spotify, wow, you don't really make anything. Yeah. So, what about on YouTube? When a video plays a whole bunch of times, it's, there's a monetization that happens. Yeah, so I've been working on that. I've been working on it. I haven't been able to, to get... I mean, my videos are monetized, but not in a way that really makes me any money. And it's kind of interesting. Do you get a check every once in a while from YouTube? How <laughs> every does month, that work? Every month I get a check. Yeah. But it's, you know, 50 bucks. Yeah. You know, so it's not, I'm not living off that. Right. Um, but it hasn't, you know, I think I finally solved this problem. Um, Good. Yeah, yeah. But but one of the things is, is my, the video that generates the most views for me is Bears, which generates, I don't know, 30, 40, 50,000 a month. Right. But it's, it's, it's flagged in some ways inappropriate. Why? Step I don't aside? know. It's so cute. I don't know. It's, but I think who flags it? YouTube people. There's a whole. There's a whole system. Yeah. So there's people that are like outsourced by YouTube that say this content's not right, and there's, there's, there's all these systems. And of course, there's billions of videos on YouTube. Right. So it's you know it's not like there's one control guy. It's not know? like the MPAA with the movies. Exactly. So yeah. it's different. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of been like, I'll have 30,000 views and make $5 on that a month. Because of the inappropriateness? Yeah, because they won't run, a lot of people won't buy the ads well, on ads it. with it. Yeah. I bet it's that double standard where if it were straight, totally. well, that would I, be no I was, issue. I was so, I was, we're breaking, this is a fucking scandal. We're breaking it right here. It is, it is, a, it's not a scandal per se, but yeah, I, I'm hoping that it finally got solved. I got word a couple of days ago that um, I should keep an eye out and see if the rate increases. But yeah, it's funny because I was talking to, you know, I'm, I'm part of this like network, this like, right. agency that, that reps me for my videos and stuff like that. And um, I was going back and forth with them and I didn't understand. I kept asking them for six months, why? And they finally said, well, it, well we, we realize it's flagged now and this and this and this. And I was like, and I got so pissed off. Well, it's a personal attack. It's like I immediately homophobia. sent them the new J-Lo video. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is... A hundred times sluttier and yeah. worse and massive. There's not, there's not even really, like, there's no kissing. There's yeah. no nudity. There's very little sexual overtones in, in that your video. video. Yeah. It's just, like, a bunch of dudes having a party. Right. You know what I mean? So, anyway, so hopefully it's fixed. Anyways, because there's tons of really horrible stuff out there that gets monetized like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And they get bigger checks. It's interesting, though, because it seems like this trend of, like, if it's gay, then it's inappropriate. Then it's dirty, yeah. It seems to be happening on Facebook with, like, I always see people uh, people I know that post sort of, like, go-go boy pictures or whatever. Or like, I can't believe I got flagged again. I get flagged again. It's like this new frontier of, like, censorship sure. and, and double standards. So Well, it's not, a, it's not, it's not new by any means. I mean, I, I just mean that, like, this air, the, 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 sure. the trend is, yeah. it used to be in movies, it used to be in television, and probably still is in a way, yeah. but now you're starting to see those same sort of dynamics play out in, in digital media. Yeah, and if it's like, you know, and, and 
I don't. This term's always funny to me, but if it's like sex positive, like yeah. theirs is definitely sex positive, for sure, without being like overtly sexual. No, it's saying like totally embrace who you are, to like be totally into what you're the into. You yes, totally. but it's like I don't know, whatever. Anyways, um, it's interesting. Um, what you have to do everything. You do all this stuff. What's your favorite part to do, and what's your least favorite part to do? Um, that's a good question. I don't like being on my email every day, all day. That's boring. Yeah. Um, Emailing, I, just business stuff, setting up concerts. Booking, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, every single city is a different monster. So it's right. like, you know, even if you do great in Los Angeles or Chicago or whatever, that doesn't mean that in Long Beach, right. you know, I'm, anybody's going to have any idea who I am. Where are you? DC is probably big. Of course, there. yeah. Where DC. else are you like, like, uh, like I interviewed Del Shores, the playwright. If he goes to Palm Springs, he's like the Beatles. Oh, like, really? do you have any pockets of, like, goslings? I mean, it's weird. It's weird. No, I mean, I don't, I, it depends on your, your your idea of what that means. You know what I mean? But, I, you know, I always do well in, in, in D.C. and New York and Boston and right. Minneapolis and um, Seattle and nice. Jacksonville and, like, weird places. Like, you just don't... Sometimes, sometimes, if you go to a place that people don't go to... They embrace you more. For sure. I yeah. was talking to Leslie Jordan. He's coming up in a couple of weeks on the podcast. And he said playing L.A. for him. Like, he can go to some other places and pack, like, 500-seat yeah. venues or whatever. And L.A., it's like he's begging people to come and see, You know, it's interesting. And every market's different. So, yeah. so that's not fun. And, and, it's, and, it's a, and it's an industry with high turnover. So if you finally have a really great relationship. So, for example, Room 5. Yeah. Amazing. I, I, I have That's a venue say, here in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's a great venue, and the people that book it and run it are the nicest people I've met in all my booking days. So great. Way to go, L.A. I'm proud. Way that makes me proud. It makes me proud, too. And, uh, um, you know, but then I got an email that they were, like, closing. <gasps> and I had, and I was like, shit, because then you start all over again. I know that feeling, because when I was a journalist, you would have those editors that hired you and did, were great. Yeah. They were your people. Yeah. And then they would be like, oh, I'm leaving the business or I'm moving on. And you're like, and it's, oh. Uh, just to set the record straight, then they then they were like reopened. I actually had a show booked and then I had to cancel it and rebook it. And I'm hoping that they're going to get renovated. The goal is to get renovated and get new systems and then be so we're, open we're bigger hoping, and better. So we're hoping that it's not, it's just a temporary thing. It's looking like it's, it's okay. like, but I don't know the gossip, so don't hold me to the gossip. Right. Yeah. So, but we, as a, we can have hope for room five. I love room point. five. It's, it's like, good. it's so on La Brea. Amazing. Yeah. 143 um, North La Brea. I saw our mutual friend Jeb Havens play there uh-huh. and he's wonderful. And you guys did a video, uh, Taylor Swift cover, Shake mm-hmm. It Off. Yeah. Adorable Thanks. is an understatement. <laughs> and you guys, it's so cute and musically charming and it has a lot of clever ideas. I'll put a link to it sure, um, sure. on my website. But you did it in a, like a day, right? I mean, honestly, a couple hours. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like fun. I'm always like, you know, I was on the road and, I, and Jeff and I talked about doing a video together and I really want to do more collaborative stuff. I love collaborating. And uh, um, I was driving through the South, like through Georgia thinking about what video I wanted to cover. And, right. And I was loving that song. This was about a week after it came out. And I just got to thinking, like... And I never it's kind to, of infectious. It's you, infectious, You can't deny that song. I know, but there's so many, there's so many cover videos, and they're all the same. Mm-hmm. They're all dudes sitting over the guitar, which who gives a shit, right? Right. So boring. So so I'm always like, how, does, how do you make this interesting? Right. And I thought, you know what? I bet if I 
enlisted my loop pedal and got a trash can. Because you start thinking about sounds. Like, okay, right. that's a bass sound. That's like a tappy sound. Right. What can make those sounds, you know, differently? So, you know, so I got a trash can. And uh, then I got a, um, a grill cover for a cymbal. Grill and cover like a like a like, like a, a barbecue grill. Okay. Yeah, and that's essentially the so that song doesn't really use instruments. You could do it at Home Depot. Totally. <laughs> I was going to use a, a five gallon bucket. That was my first right. goal. But then I saw a big trash can. I thought, well, that'll be even better. So it's yeah. So it's like a trash can. I'm playing the trash can. Two, we're playing the trash can two different ways. And then there's a, a, a grill cover. Right. And then there's m- my mouth making trumpet noises and then harmonizing my trumpet noises. And then there is a little bit of keyboard that, that pops into it. But right. But for the most part, it's just like super wacky sounds on a loop. Any word from Taylor Swift? Has she heard it? She would be enchanted if she heard it. I, I just sent, know she's busy. I sent it to, I sent it to Taylor and she never, she never got back to me. But I'm sure she loves it. I did a really, really fun... Loop cover video for Fancy Iggy Azalea. I saw that. It's it? enchanting. It's ridiculous. I love. It's like my favorite video that yeah. I've ever done, and I think it's so good that nobody's seen it. And I sent it to Iggy, and she. How went, do you send it on Twitter? Just on Twitter, right? But that's probably the best. What that's the way you have the best chance. Sure, but she she was like favorited it, <gasps> and I was like, "Can you retweet it?" Essentially, and then she went down. This was like a day or two after I released it, favoriting all my posts. Like I like. 20 of my posts and still not retweeting. <laughs> and and the like, difference between that in terms of exposure. Exactly. It's like, you know this is amazing, Iggy. Like, you know it. Why don't you just retweet it? Because it's fucking amazing. Because yeah. I'm playing the bass guitar. I'm playing the guitar. Yeah. I'm playing a mouth trumpet. I'm playing an iPad droop, uh, loop pedal machine. And I'm doing the, all the raps. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. <sighs> But she wouldn't give you that retweet. She wouldn't retweet. No matter how many favorites you give me, it's not a retweet. I don't. I don't know if it's like passive aggressive to be like. Yeah. I went to the grocery store. She's like favoriting everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that passive aggressive, or do you really like that I went to the grocery store? Right. You don't, you don't know, and it's probably not Iggy in but the beginning. Anyway. I don't know. I'm working on getting better at social media, but favoriting isn't as powerful. No, I mean, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. It doesn't mean, oh, okay, that's good to know. It means, hey, I see you. I'm kind of half acknowledging the thing that you said, but I'm not going to do what you want me to do, what will be helpful to you. So, whatever. All right, but she saw it. Totally, yeah. So, this landscape is so crazy. And it's it's fun, just the fact that you have access to these things. But, But whatever, I mean... Yeah, it's a, it's always a. Long you got to embrace it. You got to embrace totally. the stuff. If you if you push up against it, then you should get in the time machine and go back to the nineties. Because totally. Oh God, if only that were not. By the here. way, my Twitter's Tom Goss Music. At Damn Tom straight, Goss and mine is at Hensley Dennis. I'm trying to tweet and Instagram more. I should follow you right now. Follow me. We'll I'm follow each right other. Um, I have a positive story about Instagram that I will share with you now. Um, so I was asked to write material for Natasha Leone for the Outfest Legacy Awards. Uh-huh. And, um, they were last Wednesday and we collaborated a little. I wrote some stuff for her. She punched it up, whatever. Um, she was delightful to work with and so fun. And she killed. She did really well. People were really happy with it. And when she was rehearsing in the beautiful stage, I took a selfie with me standing by the podium with her and Aubrey Plaza was with her because Aubrey was doing a little bit. And I posted like... So honored to write from Natasha Leone. And I felt a little gross doing it. Like, look what I'm doing. But I'm like, post, send it away. All right. The next day, 
Um, I wrote a book called Misadventures in the 213 that came out in the late 90s that people well, people liked, but I always wanted to make it a TV show or a movie, and it, it, it kind of almost happened and didn't happen, and blah, blah, blah. I let it go. And I picked it up recently and tried to write a new pilot version, which I'm excited about. So anyway, my friend Jackie Clark, who works on the show Marry Me, uh, sent me a text, and she said, Dan Bukatinsky loves your book. And Dan Bukatinsky is the actor on Scandal, and he's also a producer, and he produces The Comeback and all this other stuff. Cool. And I was like, oh my god. And she goes, I told him you should make it a TV show. And I was like, oh my god, tell him I just finished a pilot, whatever. Like, this guy makes a lot of stuff, and he's kind of hot right now. He just won an Emmy and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, he was at the Legacy Awards last night. And she goes, that's how it came up. She goes, I asked him what he did last night or whatever, and he said he, he... um, he went to the Legacy Awards. She goes, oh, my friend wrote some of that. She goes, thank you, Instagram. So in other words, if I hadn't posted that picture, she wouldn't have connected that dot, and now I'm sending him my pilot. That's amazing. Thank you, Instagram. I know. So you know what? I felt a little gross doing it, <laughs> but I did it, and that's the... You see how the dots are connected. You have there. to be a little gross sometimes. Have you ever posted anything that backfired, or like, that, that was like, oh, that was... That. You want to hear the thing that I did that probably backfired the most? Sometimes. I mean, I, I I just post shit all the time, but... but There uh, are people that are very stream of consciousness, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tend to think it through. I'm like, how is this going to land? I'm that, But I'm that guy. Well, I said something to the effect that, um, oh, oh my God, my husband is crazy, or... Uh, there's something wrong with my husband or something like that. Like we were just like, it was just like, and I didn't mean anything by it. We were just like having a goofy day Mm -hmm. and he was being crazy in the way that the people, you know, most intimately are crazy. It's just like, Oh my, this is like, yes. So I posted it. it, And then like five hours later, came back online and there was like these streams, like get him help. You need to go to the doctor right away. Like they didn't like understand that I was like, just being, just being silly. And it was kind of like these streams of conversations on all my pages about right. like, oh, I had a friend that was crazy too. I immediately called. Have you this. tried this? Here's yeah. a hotline. It's so yeah, like hotlines, and it was yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That means that people care. The Goslings care. <laughs> yeah, the point. It, does mean, it does mean people care. How did he mean. react to it? Did he just think it was funny or? Well, he was. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. He didn't think, he knew what I meant. We were right. like goofing around or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. But he just thought the that the the response was surreal and funny. Yeah. I mean, I never but I never I never really say anything mean. I'm not kind of, I'm not a hater. Even yeah. if even if I am a hater internally, I'm yeah. not going to I'm not going to vocalize that. I know. I know it comes from my my jealousy or my whatever is happening yeah. at the time. Um you mentioned collaborating with Jeb, and mm-hmm. I met you at, at my friend Matt Zarley's big premiere thing. Sure. What I seem to observe about you guys, Matt Albert, somebody else I know and admire, is you support each other, and it's not yeah. like it's not like oh, there's only a, a little bit of room for this niche, and yeah. it, but really support each other because mm-hmm. I feel like it's hard what you're trying to do, and exactly. and support and cross pollination and all that stuff helps, and also just moral support. Well, and to be honest, you know, and and I and I say yes, that's true, and I'm very happy about that. And I say that in in the same breath as I say that in my experience, the majority of artists aren't as collaborative, aren't as community minded, and and it's hard. And so it's really great when I when when there's artists that come together and that understand that this is not a competition, like this is a community and this is a collaborative effort. And if you do well, 
you know, if Jeb does great, right, that means I do better. Right. That doesn't mean like the people that are buying Jeb's CD aren't buying my CD all of a sudden. That means it's opening people's eyes to this whole new genre of people of music that were, that's written by people that are speaking authentically about their experiences that may be different than the, the norm's yeah. experiences. So, yeah, I mean, and I've collaborated a lot with with Matt Albert over the years, and he's he's been a really great inspiration to me. These people just become my inspirations, and yeah. I'm lucky because they're my friends. Right. You know, they're my inspiration. They're the people I look up to, but they're also like, I can send them a text and be like, hey, what do you think of this? You know what I mean? Do you guys ever help each other like, hey, I want to play Philadelphia. Do you know anyone? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they, if they, ever, if they ever send me an email, you know, oh, I, you know. Who do you play? Where, when you play Kansas yeah. City, who do you book with? Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I'll give them all my contacts. Right. I don't care. And don't go here. It's a, it's not worth it. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's, I would love to go see a Lilith Fair show where it's all you guys. Because I love all your stuff. Uh-huh. And you're all different. And then you come out at the end and you sing. What do you sing at the end? I don't know. When it's all of y'all. Something though. Something though. Something. There's got to be something. Well, then I do. I, I, I think that. I don't think we're. We're, we're, we're quite there yet, but I think we're almost there. I think people are, like, jumping on the bag wagon. You see people that had huge success, like Steve Brand, you know? Yeah. It's, that's massive success. And so hopefully there's kind of this, kind of, like, mid-level artist where you could, you're doing really well as an independent artist without being huge, like Rufus Wainwright. You know right. what I mean? There's, like, different, there's a different jump in between those two. And you look at someone like Sam Smith, you know what I mean? Right. You know, I think there's this thing that's happening that's kind of just... People aren't really noticing it's happening, but it's happening, and it's 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 very exciting. And you know, I feel like I'm hanging on to the last end of that of that rung. But at the same time, it's like there's a rung now. Yeah, there's a rung to hang on to. Yeah, whereas like when I started this, there wasn't. I felt like when I I made uh, a CD in 2000, and I was kind of observing that whole thing, and I felt like in some ways the women of our community supported their artists more than the men. Like the, the men want to go see uh, Kelly Rowland or whatever, but the the lesbians will go see Melissa Etheridge and all of that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know if that's true or if it's fair or if it's changing, but it was something I sort of observed at the time. And I don't know what it's about. I think, you know, I think it's a lot about, honestly, it's just a lot about exposure. I think that there there's a, a lot of men... You know, you can see, again, going back to the success of that Steve Grand video, yeah. there is a market there. It's just how do you tap into that market? Right. There, I, I bet you there's a thousand, tens of thousands of men in the city that would be really into my music. But they don't know it exists. Yeah. They haven't heard it. They haven't seen the video. I don't have a, I don't have a budget to, to put, you know, a poster on a bus stop. You know what I mean? So it's like, it really has to happen in in an organic grassroots way for it to be effective. Right. And it can be, it's just hard. Yeah. Now, earlier I asked you what your favorite part and your least favorite part was. Your least favorite is emailing all day, all that stuff. Yeah. What's your favorite part? Creating. Creating it as opposed to performing it or are they the same? I love performing. No, I mean, it's, it's creating, it's creating something, whether that's creating a live show. I mean, I love performing live. It's kind of all part of the same thing. Sure. I mean, you know, and I've been performing the majority of the thing that I've been doing is performing for you. So I'm so comfortable. I just can go up and love connecting with people. I guess that's the thing. That's what it is. It's for me, it's connecting with people. For me, it's whether I'm making a video or writing a song or performing, the thing that, that is energizing for me is the connection that I make with the audience that then finds it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And so my goal is always to... My goal is always to be making the world better. Yeah. You know, like doing that in a positive... Like making it... Making... I don't know. Touching people. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. What's your favorite compliment to get? Or something that stuck out? I used to love when I... When I had my books coming out. I used to love when people said that it made them laugh in a public place. Like, oh, I was on the yeah. subway and dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I also, I, it's a compliment and it's yeah. flattering, but also there's an image to it. You can imagine it, and there's a little, little bit of a story. I used to love that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's amazing. For me, it's about, again, it's about getting these notes about how it's touched people and how in many ways, and this is going to sound really weird, and I, I don't say this because I, I think this of myself. I say this because of the feedback that I've gotten. And, and in many ways, that some of these songs have changed people's lives. And that's that's heavy. You yeah. know, that's a lot of... You realize you have a lot of power, and it, and, it, and it makes you respect that power and respect the audience in, 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 on a whole new level. Like, I'm... People that are listening to this music... Like, want to feel something and want to experience something, want to connect and want to be changed. And that's all of a sudden my responsibility. Instead of just writing a song about shoes, I really right. like these shoes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, I want to write about something deeper. I always want to. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Now, you told a story the other night in your show about somebody that wanted to finance a video for you. <laughs> yeah. But there was a catch. Yeah, the ca- the catch was the catch was this guy. I've been telling this goofy story about a video that I want to make, and I say, "But I, it's too expensive. The way I want to make it, I, I need ten grand." And so I, I kind of just joke about like, "Give me ten grand, and we'll right. make a video together." It'll be Anyone fine. after the show wants to give me ten grand? Yeah, go ahead, okay. go ahead. I'm, I'm here. Um, and I got an email from this guy that said he wanted to make a video um, for ten grand, and um, except it had to be about how amazing the Catholic Church was. <laughs> <laughs> one ca- one catch. One catch. It can be about nothing that you want to do. It was hard. I mean, that's a lot of money, but... That's I- a lot. You could... There's no way to thread that needle, though, to do both. Well, and you know I was training to become a Catholic priest. You told me that. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, that's a particularly loaded subject it's for you. Totally like, it's totally like, oh my God, I mean, I can't... You, the things that I've seen the Catholic Church do is not like... You just can't even... Th- don't get me wrong. They do really great things. But they do some pretty horrible things. Too. Yeah, yeah. So that was when you were in LA before you were you were you were here for a little while back in the day to study. That wasn't when I got that what that game, but it was a, it was an I mean, I I've been telling that show, I've been telling that story a lot. So what did you respond to him? I said I I said that that was really generous, but I, you know that's not the kind of content I want to create right now. But I'll keep them. I'll keep him in the loop on the future projects. Maybe there's another project that he would find interesting. That's good. Always keep that door open. Yeah, but I mean, it was so hard because he was so nice. I really, yeah. I thought he's a nice guy. I was having, I hung out with him. I saw him the night before, like at the gay bar. So we were just like hanging out. But it was just like, it was like the. But one... he was full. He's he's openly gay or totally. hanging out in gay bars, but still a big champion for the Catholic Church. Oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Usually they're priests. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's true. But uh, um, that's kind of funny to say out loud. Now, you told me, we had lunch, and you told me that you you were studying to be a priest, and I don't want to get into a lot of it. Sure, sure. But what would surprise people about that environment? Um, What would surprise people about it? I don't know if there's many things that would surprise people about it. I think that when people think about it, they think about it in a, in a, in a, um, negative kind of fatalistic way. Right. And I think there's 
there's people like me that are overly optimistic and um, believe in the in the in the best of all people, right? Um, that that have the expectations that are unrealistic, right? So I, you were a bit disillusioned by your experience. Oh yeah, I mean a yeah. bit, a bit is an understatement, but yeah, I mean I, I think that I think that people people get it. When after you, you you were studying, you left, you were disillusioned. How did you come back around to some kind of faith, or did you have a, a bit of a crisis of faith, no, or did I you mean, kind of come to find your own thing? And did that take time? Did it? I mean, you know, I met I met my husband Mike ten days after I left seminary, and by far the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Was it love at first sight? A thousandfold. No, no, but he's amazing. I mean, I can't. So ten days after you left the seminary, you met the guy. Met the guy. I mean, I've been single for like 10 days of my life. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And it was in, 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 if you want. Did you meet him out here or back in DC? In DC. And if you want to think about, um, something greater than you, if you want to believe in something greater than you, there's, there's, you know, that's love. And that's, I, I was, I was healed and reborn and grow you know started my growing process immediately so wow. i was really lucky to be able to just leave that behind and not have to be like bitter about it for five years while, right. while my life was in shambles yeah and going to trying to meet people and having dating disasters and ugh. yeah so i mean and this was be- probably before grinder <laughs> we met on yahoo personals did you meet on yeah. yahoo personals uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. wow uh-huh. but when you told him where you had been and your story he must have been like wow well, it was interesting because he was just breaking up with, with the guy he'd been with for six years at the time, I think. Wow. And the, the night... The, it's funny because I met him the night that I quit. So I quit and then I packed my bags and I was like looking at houses. I quit at like three in the afternoon. But by like 10 o'clock, nobody was responding to my phone calls anymore to go look at houses. I just wanted to get out of there. Right. I couldn't. And I met him that night and we were like chatting on IM. And, um, he sent me a picture of, he's going to hate that I'm saying this, but he sent me a picture of himself, which was by far the worst picture he's ever taken in his life. And I was kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, let's not meet, you know what I mean? And, um, and he said, okay, but he was nice. And then, you know, a couple days later we reconnected and I was like, I'd love to have a date with you. I thought you were awesome. We talked on the phone. He was so nice. Um, and, and, and we met, but what I didn't realize was, was that the night that I quit was the night that his ex had moved out of the house. So he was at work, not wanting to go home. I was at, you know, essentially in seminary, not wanting to be there. We were both kind of looking for You both needed something to do. And I did go out and I met some guy that night. Yeah. And I was crazy. And I was screaming and I was crying and, you know, we were making love and then I was crying and it was horrible. I was a fucking mess you know what i mean and, and if i would have met mike that night he would have been the guy that i was a mess with and he would have been the guy that i was like holding it on that you like. dumped all this craziness on they dumped all this craziness yeah. on and then, then i never really saw again and i and it wasn't you know he was the guy that i met you know a week and a half later and was handsome and charming and funny and and i loved being around and you know the rest is history that's awesome and how totally. long has it been Nine years. Wow. Mm-hmm. And Next when, week, I think. And Two weeks. when did you start really pursuing earnestly your music? 
like putting out well, stuff. Well, when and- I left seminary, when yeah. I left seminary, I, you know, I was, uh, I wrestled in college, which is super intense. Yeah. Um, I just it- saw Foxcatcher. Oh, is it good? It's dark. It's, I didn't enjoy it, but I admired things about it. Okay, well, I haven't... But it's se- worth saying, for sure. I haven't seen it, but that's probably... It's probably accurate, because wrestling is very dark. It's, it's very all-consuming. It's very heavy. Um, and then I went to become a priest, which is also very heavy and very all-consuming. And I just wanted to not do that. Right. So I'd spent so much of my life doing that, and I just wanted to make a record. So I got a shitty job at Starbucks. And then made my first record, which was in 2006. It was called Naked Without. Love it. What's your favorite drink at Starbucks? Can you go in there now, or are you, is it oh, sort of tainted I forever? Starbucks. I mean, I hate coffee. Oh, you don't, you're not into it? No, so sometimes I go to Starbucks, um, but I'll get, like, a, a refresher. Okay. You know what those are? They're no. just, like, little, like, fruity drinks. Okay, yeah. I don't really like coffee. I don't drink tea that much. Okay. So there's not... I will go into Starbucks and grab a bag of nuts and some water. Yeah. It's... All right. I know, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's cool. I want to know what it's like to work at Starbucks. Uh, it's... it's People are... People... People think coffee is very serious. Yes. I went I went from Starbucks to running a, a service center for the homeless, like a soup kitchen. Holy shit. And they were like... Uh, <laughs> and the soup kitchen people were probably easier way to deal with. nicer. <laughs> way... Like, it was just like... It was funny. I remember there was this one moment. I was always the barista, like the person making the drinks, because right. I was fast and I could multitask. Sometimes I look at those people and I think I could never learn that. It's, it's, I mean, it's kind of fun, but it is, that job's the hard job. The people, it's almost like rhythm. It's totally rhythm. It's like music. The people. You should at, do a track like that. Anyways. That's okay. The people at the registers kind of have a more chill job. Yeah. And so I always wanted to work the register, but I never could. You know, the people from the register would just leave. Yeah. And then you're there doing everything. And so finally I was like, finally one day I got, I got it like once every two months. I got, so I was like super chill working the thing and this lady came in and she wanted something. And I was just kind of chill doing the thing. And um, she said she started yelling at me and calling me stupid and slow and all this kind of stuff. And it was so funny. And I remember this in particular. Because, of course, I know what she's saying. But I kept pretending like I couldn't hear her for her to say it louder. <laughs> so I'd be like, uh, I- I'm sorry, can you say it again? She said, I said, you stupid. You stupid and you slow. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Can you just read it? <laughs> like five times she's like screaming through the whole thing about how stupid i am it was really funny you could sample that and make a song of it i could i could yeah. no it's funny uh, um we were going uh, we were going through some of these silly questions yes and there was a voicemail that i got from a friend breaking up with me essentially like he didn't want to be my friend anymore ouch <laughs> so weird but i totally did do that i totally put it on my computer and like got the auto tuner out and <laughs> Like, where time hits, da, da, da. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was funny. Did you? Is it recorded? Is it a song? I mean, I didn't finish it because yeah. it was it was just this dumb thing. But it's like a drum loop behind yeah. it. It was really funny. You took it and made something of it. Yeah, but again, going back to what I want my music to be about, I don't want my music to be about making fun of the person that left me a breakup message on my machine. Yeah, yeah. But it probably helped you process it in the moment. Maybe. I guess, yeah, sure. What was it like to work in the nonprofit? The soup, was it a, like a soup kitchen, you said? Yeah, so we, we fed the homeless. Um, we helped them fed jobs and housing. We had, you know, clothes and, and mail and phone and stuff. Um, it was awesome. I, I actually just left that in April. I was there yeah. for eight years. And I was, for two years, I was the program manager. So I did, like, everything there. And then when I started going the road full time in 2008, 
I um, negotiated a part-time telecommuting position. So I would write grants and deal with donors and, and do back-end development work, and I would do all that from the road. So it was a wow. really great job for me because it was... I could do that from anywhere. I and, you made, and you were making a difference. Totally. It was great. But What it, was the name of it? It's called Charlie's Place. Okay. Charlie'sPlaceDC.org. Cool. Nice. All right. Check it out, people. Yeah, totally. Do you like being on the road, loading up the car and going, or is it like, oh, fuck, I mean, go. it depends. I love being on the road because I love performing. It's like right. my favorite thing. But, um, but sometimes, you know, I don't want to drive all day every day. Yeah. Yeah. What's your pullover at a 7-Eleven and buy a what to kind of get you going? Um, well, I don't, you know, I don't really drink caffeine. Like, right. if I find, like, What's maybe, your, what, if I were getting in your car on subway, the road? Like, Subway. subway I go to fresh? Subway. I go yeah. to Subway. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's just, like, eat Subway and drink water. Yeah. And, like, have, like, protein bars or granola bars or those kind bars. Nice. Yeah. Kind bars are healthy. It's because yeah. it's so hard to stay healthy on the road. I know. So you eat hard. Junk. You do something that I'm really envious of, which is you do that Macklemore cover, but you can do that sort of wrapping... Rapping thing, and that's rap. you can rap. Mm-hmm. I'm a rap star. You're a total rap star. It's hard. I I just really admire it, and you do it really fast. Yeah, I do. How it did you learn? Did I you do that song faster than the Macklemore song? Is. Yeah, it's the Can't Hold Us song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you listen to rap growing up? How did? How yeah, did... the first the oh, so the first cassette tape I ever bought was Criss Cross. Right. Jump, 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 the jump. Mac make it. Yeah. Jump. Um, the first CD I bought, ever bought, was Bone Thugs and Harmony. Wow. It's 1999. Yeah. See? You got that whole thing going on. Dude, I love rap. I yeah. Love, and, and I love the, 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 the simplicity and the construction of rap. Yeah. Yeah. When I was watching you the other night, I was envious of that you played the guitar. Like, I looked at that and I thought, it'd be so cool to play the guitar and have that thing that's like, you have a relationship with it. Mm-hmm. It's like a... I don't know. I just was it's like, really? Yeah. It's an extension. And what's that relationship like when you're traveling with it and you bring it up? And I mean, you know, it's funny. I don't, I don't have... Do you have a bunch of different guitars? Is it it's one a, guitar? For me, it's a guitar. Like, yeah. I know people get crazy about their guitars. I'm not crazy about my guitars. Right. Like, it's a guitar. If my, if, you know, if tomorrow's, you know, a, a bulldozer ran over my guitar, I would go to the store and buy a new guitar. You wouldn't have a thing. Because I, I was looking thing. at you the other night and I was having this fantasy that like I had a guitar and... It was my friend, and like I travel with it, and yeah, I, I mean, would talk to it when I was lonely. I love being able to create things, so I love the fact that the guitar lets me do that. But at the same time, it's a tool, right? It's a know? tool to you. It's not. It's, it's not. A, it's a tool yeah. to create things, just in the same way that the piano is, or the lute pedal right. is, or my voice is. Right. I would, you know. That's it. That's it. You don't have a name for it, or no. you don't have outfits for it, or... In, frankly, my computer's more important yeah. than my guitar, yeah. in a lot of ways. What did you start playing first, guitar or piano? You know, oh, I don't really... I mean, I guess I play the piano. Like I play You play the, it in your show. I know, I know. People think I'm good at the piano, but I'm not particularly good. But I, I took probably, like, you know, six months of piano lessons when I was in fourth grade, like right. everybody does. But I picked up the guitar at 18. And that's really the first instrument I, I played, played. I loved it. Yeah. What was the, like, fun, one of the first songs you wrote? Do you remember when you realized, oh, I can create with this? I totally do. I mean, I, 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 I wrote almost immediately after I got the guitar. Uh, I do remember when I was a freshman in college, I wrote the song. I don't remember what it was called. Um, but then I recorded it on a boombox in the bathroom. Um, 
I don't know what it's called. That's cool, though. You were in the bathroom just recording it. Because, you know, because that's the room that you record stuff in. Of course. In. I recorded a demo once in a cruise ship bathroom, and I pulled it out and listened to it recently. I keep talking about posting it, but I'm having technical difficulties with this thing. But I'm like, that holds up. It's all right. Does so it? Anyway, yeah. I don't want to hear it. I'll play it for you. Um, there was, like, the dude, the recording guy was outside, and then I had one song had a trumpet solo, and you could literally hear me kind of move out of the way so that the, the trumpet guy could come into the bathroom. But it was like, it did have that feeling of like, wow, we're making something. This is yeah, fun. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. All right, we've been talking a long time, but you picked a few random questions, so let's do a few of these and then we'll okay. wrap it up. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to hold them out like cards, like a deck of cards. Um, <laughs> how did you learn the facts of life? Okay. Okay. So this is kind of funny, um, because I was driving in the car with my dad and my dad, um, my dad and my mom hate each other. They're divorced. And it was kind of funny. So it was probably like, you know, it was like we went over to my dad's house every other weekend and he was going out with this, this woman who became my stepmother. Her name's Jenny. And I was probably 11 um, and my older brother was 13 and my younger brother was nine. Okay. So, so like you're all in the car. Sitting in the car. And I remember he essentially just said, so, so Jenny thinks you guys might be getting to the age where you're going to start having sex. Do you need any condoms? That was our sex talk. Wow. <laughs> and, uh. Did and, you all just look at each other like, uh. No, my brother started yelling at my dad. I remember The like, older brother. The older brother started yelling at my dad. And my younger brother was like. What sex? Okay. <laughs> it was like, because, because you know, it was like that four-year gap. Yeah, you know he really, I mean? you know, he maybe should have targeted you specifically, but he just did it all. That's not how it worked. Yeah, that's how it worked. <laughs> so it was kind of like this. It's more thing. than I got, by the way. Way more. He, so. he kind of said this thing. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I kind of was like, what is going on? I could yeah. see my brothers immediately yelling at him, like, oh, I kind of said, like, why, why are you saying this? Da, da, da. And my yeah. little brother was like... What are you talking yeah. about? And I'm kind of like, oh my You're god. You're just stuck in the middle. Yeah. That's a fun story. All right. Another one? Okay. Uh, what is the worst thing that's ever gone wrong for your stage? I will remember what that is. I mean... I'm very impressed when you do your sampling thing with the foot thing. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Like, it's this cool, like, one-man band thing that you do. Yeah. Gosh, when did I pick this card? Did I have a story in mind? I don't know. I don't know what the worst thing... I mean... I don't know. I don't know. Horror, I mean, breaking strings. Sure. What is the worst thing? I must have had an idea. No worries. If it comes to you, if not, no worries. Okay, I can't remember. All right. What do my friends worry about with me that I don't ever stop? I think I work too much. Probably yeah. like all the time. It was funny. I met with a, um, a friend yesterday and we had like a quick dinner or whatever. And then I went home and it was like, what do you, you know, we're like, oh, thanks for dinner. It was really fun. He's like, cool, I'm just hanging out. I should invite you over to just, like, watch TV. And I was like, oh, that would be really fun. I'm working. I, and he was like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I just set up a bunch of lights, and I just shot a video, and now I'm editing that video. Yeah. And now I'm working on a design. He was like, you're doing all that. I should, like, sending him the stuff. And he was like, you're crazy. Right. He's it's, like, it's 11 o'clock, go to bed. Yeah, watch Madam Secretary or The Comeback totally. or whatever. Yeah. No. All right, you work too much. Work too much. That's because you're, you're an independent artist. Who's going to do it yeah. if you don't do it? I'm going to do it. you got to do it. Oh, if you're going to be in an infomercial, what would that product be? Magic Bullet. What is I that? I love the Magic Bullet. What is it? It's like a little blender. Like, okay. Every morning I make my smoothie, and it's amazing. What goes in it? 
Uh, well, it depends, but usually uh, a protein, protein of powder, um, water, and berries. Okay. Just some kind of berries, but sometimes peanut butter, sometimes yogurt, sure. sometimes if I have spinach, spinach. Magic Bullet. Magic Bullet. It's Tom Goss for Magic Bullet. Maybe you write a song called Magic Bullet. Oh I should write it sounds a Magic kind Bullet of, song. It sounds sort of horny, too. There's like a innuendo there. Magic Bullet. I guess there is, because the bullet's like a vibrator. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or semen. It is a vibrator. Like, yeah. That's the name of a vibrator, I think. <laughs> really? Yeah, totally. Right. Totally. What's your favorite perk of your job? Just meeting people. I meet so many amazing people. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. What's the worst costume or uniform you've had to wear for work? Why did I pick this? I don't even know. Probably because I'm always naked. Probably right. that's the worst. Because, like, everything I do now, like, if I ever... The people want to see you naked. People always want to see You're me cute. naked. Thank you. So, like... But how... So, it's a bit like you created a monster a little bit? Kind of. They're yeah. like, oh, oh, we're doing this thing. Can you do it? And I'm like, oh, it sounds interesting. Tell me more. Well, you'd have to be naked the whole time. Right. And it's always like, uh... That became less interesting. Yeah. <laughs> not so... Not so much. All right. Uh, a few more. A few more. What was your favorite or most memorable birthday? Oh, yeah. So, when I turned 30, I was on the road. And, uh, um, and I played this house concert. And it was, it was oh, so horrible. It was just like... What do you mean house concert? Somebody's house? Yeah, so sometimes they play house concerts. It'd be yeah. like, someone would be like, hey, come to, you know, some place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not places. Right. And so you go to the house and you invite their friends and you hang out. So I, I remember playing to like four people at this house concert, like, on the day that I'm turning 30, and it was just, like, something about it was so strange and different, and I remember, you know, it was kind of awesome, because at the same time, it was like, well, this is what I'm doing, like, I'm totally all in right now if I'm doing this, you know what I mean? And so I remember just waking up the next morning and being like, awesome, like, that was horrible, that was a horrible show, everything about it was horrible, but I woke up, still here. I'm going to go on to something amazing. And it's like, you know, it's kind of awesome. I can relate to that because it's sort of like you put all this stuff out there and you think, where's the payoff? What's it going to lead to? Where's there's no payoff. There's no payoff. And it's something that I wrestle with. I, other creative people that I know wrestle with it. And I've started to sort of zen it out and think like, how do you want to spend your days? Yeah. What do you want to do during your day? Yeah. You know, okay, so I'm doing this podcast. I love it. I love it so much. Where's the payoff? I don't know. Maybe the payoff is just the doing. Yeah. And you just do what you want during your days, as, tell you as long as you can, and then the jig is up and something happens. Yeah. But that's your life. Exactly. And that's got to be enough sometimes. Yeah, so even the worst gig, you still wake up and you're still doing it. You're like, oh. Maybe that's the reward. You're still totally, doing it. Totally. Yeah. I think that's a good way to end. I'm going to go cry now. Don't cry. No, but out of joy or whatever. Not, not like, like sadness. I'm just, I just, uh, not sadness, but just like, that's the life, you know? Yeah. And it's, and with, with everything changing in terms of the media and, and stuff like that, it's, it's more challenging than ever. And yet there's also more opportunities to do stuff. Totally. If you don't get hung up on where's the payoff. Yeah. And that's very hard. It's very gotta, hard because you, you feel eat. like you're a stupid person. Yeah. I, um, yeah. So anyway, um, so welcome to Los Angeles, Tom Goss. I'm so glad I met you like a week ago. I already uh-huh. feel like we're buds. Totally. I'm excited. We may collaborate on something. We have an idea. Mm-hmm. I love that. Sounds so great. awesome. Welcome to Los Angeles. How can people learn more about you? 
TomGossMusic.com. They can go nice. to Twitter, TomGossMusic. Facebook, TomGossMusic. You know, everything's TomGossMusic. Awesome. Instagram, whatever you use. Do you have any shows planned that are already on the books? Um, I only have one more show on the books the rest of the year, which is in Baltimore on the nice. 27th of December. Right on. All right. Two days after Christmas. Yep. Post-Christmas show. I love it. All right. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that we got to meet. And um, check out his music and his videos because he's a delightful artist. All right. Thank you. Bye. My thanks again to the delightful Tom Goss. Learn more about him at TomGossMusic.com. And you can also follow him on all those platforms at Tom Goss Music. Um, go to my website, DennisAnyone.net. You can subscribe to my monthly newsletter. You can take my audience poll. You can donate to the chip, tip jar, all of that stuff. And uh, I want to remind you also that I need a little tagline for my podcast. So if you are brilliant with words and concise... Um, I welcome all your suggestions. You can send them to me at DennisAnyonePodcast at gmail.com. And um, we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye!